Okay, episode two, we're back. Hey! Hello. Welcome once again to A Beginner's Guide to Interplanetary Destruction Season 2. Hope everyone enjoyed the first episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I just listened to it. I didn't listen to it. We all listened to it at the same time. Yeah. yeah. We were just sitting here listening to it, not I complaining. I fall asleep to it every night, so... Just the same episode yeah. on repeat. Uh, I am uh, Daniel. I am Adam. William. Todd. Dave. Dave's here. He wasn't here last time. I've never. Adam wasn't was here last time either. Oh my god! This is your first time. One of these talking heads. First. Oh, oh this. Oh, shit. whatever. That's Somebody right. get the paddle. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Todd calls his weird penis. <laughs> this episode is called Technosaurus Rex. Oh, yeah. uh, our group, uh, having lost John in a bet, uh, is off to recover him, and they are headed to the. I don't think the planet has a name, but the the aliens or whatever they're called, the Technosaurs. So, we go there, uh, shenanigans ensue. Uh, as they are wont to do. As they are wont to do. And, uh, of course, with the Baron in tow, there's some Baron-heavy uh, shenanigans. <laughs> I couldn't think of another word. There's a sweet battle sequence that I think we're all pretty proud of with a cybernetically enhanced uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. It was definitely the highlight. <laughs> so, last episode, we got to meet a one-time villain... Dick Frisco, what would you guys think about him? Her. I wrote that character, so I'm pretty proud of her. <laughs> so you won't accept anything other than it was amazing. Other than high praise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else there could be. <laughs> uh, we're off to uh, this week's topic that Todd is super thrilled about. And since we're doing... I'm just it shitting. Is low-hanging. Please. Yeah. All over... Yeah. Todd is one of my most favorite people to just... Climb up on and beat down. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a big old stinker. Drop a Cleveland steamer. Uh, so right bad. on that shiny pate. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we're doing these uh, uh, closer to the release of the episodes, they can be more timely. So, we get to do our own 2015 retrospective this year. Uh, we've got a list, but we're not going to hit them all. So, we'll just hit some of the highlights. I have. There's a lot of potential to complain but I'm going to try not to. So <laughs> Ten bucks, it Let's lasts just go with five it. seconds. Any takers? Who wants to go first? Adam? Oh, well, I was just going to talk about uh, my favorite games of 2015. Um, and there were a lot, but if I was going to whittle them down to, do, uh, to two, I would say Bloodborne, and I'm sure Todd will agree with me on the second one, which is uh, Rocket League. Yes. Which, um, was a PlayStation 4 exclusive title that kind of came out of left field and uh, blew a lot of people away. I uh, did. Bloodborne. Um, it came out on PC too, my friend. Oh yeah, Steam, Steam, and PlayStation Four, and it's coming to Xbox One soon. So yeah, nice. soon there will be even more chaos. I watched you guys play it. Uh, and I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain. I just, I didn't get it. Men. Everyone is like, oh, you just have to, you just have to try it. And, and I watched it, and I said, well, yeah, you didn't try it. You just watched it. That's true. It just, it combined, like all of the things and games that I hate. So I just skipped. That. I skipped that. Uh, we go. Uh, Bloodborne. Go on. I, that's another game I didn't play. Yeah, I mean, Bloodborne is the spiritual successor of uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2. Um, the game is terrifying mainly because it's so unbelievably difficult, but... Uh, but fair, like, that's fair. the staple of that series that, of games. Exactly. I mean, the, the sword play in Bloodborne is kind of now, um, you know, has set, raised the bar in terms of combat in uh, fantasy games with, with sword, sword play. Um, very, very entertaining, um, incredibly difficult, but rewarding at the same time. Well, those two games that I don't understand the uh, appeal, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Bill, you got anything for us? Anything that really stood out in 2015? 
No, I will say movie. My favorite movie in 2015 was Mad Max Fury Road. So. Yes. And, I watched uh, that. Solid movie. Yeah. Miller said uh, recently. Uh, He's never week. doing one again. Yeah, He's done. Do it again. Which is fine. I think that's an, a great way to end it. You know, everyone really loved that. I can't. Don't think you can say the same for Thunderdome. So, you know, <laughs> go on top. I didn't like the first half of that movie. I was really bored. But there was uh, like a turn. I can't remember exactly what the scene was. But I'm like, oh, this is the movie everyone's talking about. Yeah. It's not the 45 minute car chase that was roping people in. Although that was pretty sweet. I did enjoy like the giant dust storm thing or whatever. Like, I'm not usually a big fan of CGI effects, but that was just. Pretty epic. Well, uh, <laughs> other other movies. Daredevil was a good show. Okay, yeah. How about well, that good. Netflix, everybody? Am I right? <laughs> and then Jessica Jones comes along and she's punching homeless people. <laughs> they had it coming. They did have it coming. She's a hard drinking, skinny lady, and she likes bartenders, uh, apparently. Yes, I like that show too. I like Jessica Jones uh, as much. I won't say more or less. Uh, I think that like Jessica Jones was all about progression and payoff. Like this thing led to this thing led to this yeah. thing. Like it was a constant push forward. And near the end of the season, uh, it got a little bit frustrating for me. I'm like, I just kept feeling like, why won't you let someone help you, Jessica? Everybody wants to, and you don't deserve it. You don't deserve these people's help. And no. they keep trying. The characters were definitely very well written yeah. for both Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I think Jessica Jones. I like the dysfunction of those relationships. Yeah, it's a lot it, more. Like Daredevil is very much everyone's good friends except for his one little secret. Jessica Jones is just like, "You are a wreck. Pick yourself up." <laughs> Jesus. And they're like they're like, "You know, hey, let me help you." And she's like, "Stop it." I'm <laughs> like yeah. I did like how they subtle they subtly set up uh their season 2 villain where uh, uh for Nuke. Yeah, where Nuke just, you know, he the whole pill thing and just yeah. disappearing. I'm like, "Ah, that was really that was a really slow burn." Yeah. I thought I really liked that. Mm. Dave, anything from you? Anything uh, unmentioned? Uh, Any I mean, music? I, I have a very short list because uh, all I, the music I listen to is old. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, other movies, games, TV. That we I didn't really mention. enjoyed the new Alabama Shakes album that came out. I you know I saw them last year. I never bought the album. <laughs> Sound and Color is probably one of my favorite albums now. Ever? Um, I don't know about ever. I think I mean, rolling into 2015 so far. Yeah. So I mean, I'm the kind of person that kind of binge listens to and then just kind of drops it for a little while and then I remember several years later like oh yeah I did like them for a while man I was dumb like <laughs> that was an amazing record did you see the Alabama Shakes with uh, Vintage Trouble no cause uh, I have a buddy who said that they opened when he saw them and like played some for me they're fucking tight Alabama Shakes and Vintage Trouble like Alabama Shakes I had heard before but like played mm -hmm. some Vintage Trouble man no Father John Misty opened up for Alabama Shakes mm. in St. Louis and that's one on, on the list that I made here too he he was a drummer for um, Flea Foxes I believe and he is just a phenomenal performer His, that album's dark the, yeah, yeah and the one uh, I guess it was a year or two ago he did one that was also just he's got a way with words yeah. that it's very cynical and biting and it's, it's a good album though it's really good I, I did not it. mention uh, the second <clears throat> season of Fargo, which I thought was. Incredible. I'm still working on it, but uh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so no spoilers. I don't think they. I don't think they nailed the um, the landing. The, the um, and uh, people will probably disagree with me, but you know, I thought that was the. I mean, they got the plane down. Like they, they the plane didn't burst into flames, but, but they didn't get just, the landing gear out quick it, enough. It, oh no! How phenomenal the rest of the season was. You know, it was just every week the the episodes got better. The interactions between the characters got better. There was real tension. Unexpected turns. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was it was better than the first season, and which is incredibly rare for a television show. I would disagree with that entirely. But the second season. Have you seen the second season? Yeah, I'm ha I'm we're halfway through it. 
And you like the first season better? Yes. Wow, hmm. I'm surprised. I don't. There's. It's missing that kind of dark humor that was really ever present in the first season. It was, it's it's there in fits and bursts, but Mal, I don't think the there was no villain as cool as Malvo from season one. Uh, but I, I see what you're saying. You know, it was it was it was a jump in, in the different. I direction. like that Mal Malvo was he was a chameleon. He was a he was a lizard that just went in and out of situations, like a of lizard lives. a lizardy just... chameleony ghost. Like he was always there, but. He was literally could, the devil. I you couldn't that. really tell. But and then see the season two kind of antagonist, this gang, this family, they're just they're brutes. And I just there's no subtlety in what they're doing, and I, I, I don't like that. So I can appreciate that. I still am enjoying the season, but I would not say, in my opinion, that it's better than first. Anything else? What else is on the list? Oh, I mean, like I said, there's the, the Marvel movie heavyweights, you know, of of uh, twenty fifteen, Avengers, Ant Man. I like Ant Man. Both of which I shrug at. So. I like them both. I didn't love them both, but I liked them both. Yeah. You know, I almost kind of like Ant-Man better than I liked uh, Age of Ultron. Ant- well, because Ant-Man was small. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't setting up like a hundred. Did you do that on purpose? Ant-Man was small. Ah, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought there was too many cooks in the kitchen in Age of Ultron. Like, <laughs> they just got too, too many. <laughs> yeah. For that, ten minutes. Now. I mean, I thought, that, I thought it was still a fun movie to watch, but I, I kind of liked it. I mean... Well, you know, like Joss Whedon had a lot on his shoulders with that movie, so he did his best. Uh, they just expected too much. Uh, yeah, that movie, it, that movie had it, it kinda, too much to do. It, it seems like uh, it wasn't telling one story; it was telling like five while trying to play it safe in all five. Yeah, which, well. which just kind of made it a little ho hum to me. Like, How about the Martian? Anyone see the Martian? I did yeah, see the Martian. It was great. It was great. It was excellent. I'm glad that the movies like that are being made. Like that, it didn't have to be a fucking Michael Bay blockbuster. Like they made a few changes to the script. But well, nothing. It, it would have been like a five-hour movie, just just to watch. No, but I mean, like some of the sciencey stuff, like they oh, yeah, actually wow. did the opposite of what they did in the book because it was more impressive to see on screen. And I think that the reason I like The Martian so much is that it came out of a complete, like the opposite direction. Like instead of being like, "Oh, hey, I had this really cool idea, but now I need to like put some science in here with it, like to make sure that it works." Like. Oh well, this doesn't quite work. Oh, whatever, I'll go with it anyways. Instead, it just came at it from the science aspect. Like, well, what would what would be a reasonable solution that could actually be done in this kind of scenario? And it was yeah. kind of like that plus the next problem plus the next problem stacking on top of each other. And I mean, if you think about the movie, how much character development is there for Matt Damon? Like, He's, he grows a beard <laughs> and gets skinny and grows his hair out and then cuts it out. Like, it's yeah. the entire thing is about solving these problems and. That's that's pretty much. It. I I guess you could say the most amount of character development comes from the people at NASA trying to bring it back. But I think that The Martian was done? my favorite movie from last year. Now that I think about it, like I'd probably put it up there. I, right. I I have a hard time separating it from the book, which was so great. See, I haven't read the book, so I plan. I think that's it. the way to do it. Do yourself that, a favor. That's on that's on my list after I finish the. Because like he explains the science and the mathematics and everything behind it much more. I think that you, as a scientist, yeah. would really enjoy that. As a the chemistrist, chemistrist, chemistry. chemistry. Scientologist, scientologist. Okay. As a scientographer. <laughs> all right. Well, that was our topic. That's a pretty okay. good one. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, in pop culture, anyway. Uh, so, credits, real fast. Uh, we only had one uh, musical guest this this episode, episode two. Um, we had Dino Fight, another a local Dino band Fight. that is fucking awesome. And appropriately enough, this is yeah. The specifically why I went after Dino Fight for this episode was that there is a fight with a dinosaur in this episode. Uh, their song plays during that fight because how could it not? And it's uh, it's called Animal Companion. 
It's <laughs> I don't, if you've never heard this band, it's all they're all about um, you know pop culture songs about zombies and dinosaurs and this song Animal companions and yeah you know tabletop gaming and just everything that folks like us are about. It's off their album Run for Your Lives. You can find them online uh, on Bandcamp DinoFight.Bandcamp.com. They're also on Facebook. Uh, just search for them because it's slash Dino Fight and then a bunch of numbers. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Dino Fight hyphen seven three five one one five four nine two three nine. Thank you. There you go. Put that into your fucking Yahoo search bar. <laughs> and smoke it. <laughs> and smoke it. Then use the mouse to press it search instead of just enter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the rest of the music is just stuff I did. We are also online, as always, on Twitter at CalamityCast. Or on Facebook uh, slash Interplanetary Destruction. You can email us. Please email us. We love to read your emails. Right, I've Bill? actually gotten quite a few emails lately. Are you serious? Yeah. Is there why? Broken stuff that I had to fix. <laughs> yeah. But I fixed it. But I got a lot of people like, thanks for responding. Nobody ever responds. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. email Bill about all of our broken website problems at harbingerscalamity at gmail.com and visit that broken website at harbingersofcalamity.com. And I should I should mention that uh, Bill gives priority to emails that include dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> all shapes and sizes. The weirder looking, the better. The older uh, the better. The older the better. <laughs> Gross. Find That's all of our episodes <laughs> on iTunes and Stitcher and at the website, harbingerscalamity.com. Come on, Dan. I hope, uh, I personally hope that no one sends you dick pics, Bill. I also hope that all of our listeners enjoy Season 2, Episode 2, Technosaurus Rex. We'll be back in two weeks, February 1st, for Episode 3. Until then... Uh, you know, everyone have a good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> good luck. Bye bye. There's gonna be a flood of dick pics now. Since the dawn of time, there have been stories of great heroes and their victories. This is no such story. With the Baron acting as helmsman, having promised to never again sell the group into slavery... He better not. He pinky swore! The group has set out to reclaim John, a.k.a. Sad Trombone Noise. Ugh. Do we really have to go get Womp Womp McGee? Dude was a real buzzkill. Da, da, John's oldest friend. We going way back in times together. I selling him so much things, and he is always being so nice to Atreides. <sighs> the Baron's right. I know he summoned that douche waffle into our universe, but John still knows more about him than any of us. Aside from his awkward romantic advances, I found him to be a good companion. Seriously? It's his fault we're balls deep in this game of intergalactic multi-universal risk. I would play that game. There's also the tiny fact that he's been sold to dinosaurs. Has no one else here seen Jurassic Park? Don't remind me. The part where that, that thing happens? Yikes.
that part where that thing happens? Have, have you never seen Jurassic Park? Of course I have. It's got black Nick Fury in it and Newman in it. Seinfeld. Am I, am I right, guys? I'm not entirely convinced that you've seen it, Melissa. Me either. In this classic Spielberg film. Shut up, Baron. Not even the part where the sexy Aussie says, clever girl. Yeah, right at the beginning. Oh my god, you've never seen Jurassic Park. Shut up, who cares? You're stupid. That's okay, Melissa. I really only watched it for Jeff Goldblum. He's so dreamy. And how? Just so we get this out of the way, I plan to mount a dinosaur and keep it as my steed. That is all. Actually, Dylan and I met a couple of these guys before, and they seemed like nice, respectful dino dudes. Real chill bros. That being said, there's still no telling how long they'll keep John, or what they'll be using him for. We must prepare for battle. Dinosaurs are hardly the toughest of foes. Their hides aren't nearly as hard as they look. I'll show you something hard. <laughs> yes, having punched you in the face on more than one occasion now, I can say that your human skull is quite hard. Aww. Baron, how much longer until we arrive? Not long. Should be there faster than can say potato bop love lots. I hope they've gotten over that shrink ray you made them. Why would... Dinosaurs want a shrink ray. They didn't. Wait, how do you know? Let's just say... Before we rejoined you dudes, the Baron shrunk me with it and put me in Melissa's boob sweaty cleave. It was awful. No one likes swamp boob. You are a dick that is made of dicks. Anyway, turns out dinos wanted him big and ray. Whoops. <laughs> Classic. Sure. Okie dokie. Everyone sit back, relax, and have snacks. We arrive in no time. Space train have a turlet? Three cars down. Be careful though. It hasn't worked quite right since Dilbro flooded everything trying to wash the wrinkles out of his sad sack ball sack. It was one time. I'm actually more pissed I ended up using up all the bubble bath bubbles. I love bubble baths! Me too, Will. Good contribution, Joan. Yeah, alright. Uh, well, I'll be back faster than you could say Trump's Grump Crumble Dumps. Bye! We must plan our approach. Although the Baron has dealt previously with these creatures, I suggest everyone be on guard in the event that things don't go as smoothly as we'd like. Mmm, I bet your muscle bulgy arms are as smooth as- That's it! If you or anyone else continues to make sexual remarks towards me, your genitals will be confiscated and made into a sling! I bet dildos would stretch the longest. Shut up, dickbutt! Do I make myself clear? <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Crystal. <clears throat> Not another word. I can barely contain my very confused direction. And how. I did not know a human could hold so much wee-wee. What'd I miss? Nothing will. We're still planning what to do once we arrive at Dinopolis. Besides me mounting one as my steed, obviously. I say we get in and get out as smoothly and quickly as possible. I get it. With any luck, it won't be hard to convince these cockasauruses to part with Grumple Stiltskin. Great plan. Very succinct. You have a keen eye for detail, Melissa. I bet he misses his old grumpet tree. I hope he found himself a new one. And if the negotiations prove difficult? Between Zula, myself, and my very confused direction, we can handle anything they throw at us. I hope they're nice dinosaurs, like the TV show. Did you guys know they made four seasons of that thing? Crazy! Yeah, I figured they'd can it after the first. <laughs> I meant it's crazy they didn't make more. Did you have no childhood? Then it's settled. Once we arrive, we'll negotiate the price for John, or steal him if we have to. Yay! Steal-ing might be my favorite-ing. 
Okay, hello everybody. We are almost arriving to Dinopolis very soon. They have lots of trees, will probably be bumpy landings. I hope you have planned, because after Shrink Ray, these guys probably skeptical of me. Who could blame them? Hey, I heard that. So? Anyway, everybody strap into chairs, we're beginning to landing the menagerie à toi now. There, see? Easy as cakes. Our ragtag group of ragamuffins steps out onto a landing pad surrounded by jungle. They're greeted by what appears to be a stegosaurus holding a clipboard. Well, well, Baron, what do you have for us this time? Tiny tea sets? Hey, shrink ray worked perfectly. Simply tiny. <laughs> Get it? Misunderstanding, stag the stag. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here, Baron? And who are these people? We're here to get our friend back. You guys bought him from Dick Frisco on Slaver's Bay. He's like the saddest... Bedwettingest... Sad trombone noise... Weeping peen... In the world. My word! That guy sounds like the worst. <laughs> He kind of is! Well, you'll have to talk to the Velociraptors about that. They're in charge of pretty much everything on Dinopolis. Follow me. You guys go ahead. I'm going to work on new invention here. What kind of invention, Baron? Don't know yet. Maybe rework drug babies and make less explodey. <laughs> okay, bye now. Wave hands. Now, I'm assuming none of y'all have had the pleasure of visiting Dinopolis before. Nah. Nope. Actually. Well... I don't know. Not even you, princess. How did you recognize me? Don't think I wouldn't recognize the warrior who bested Theodorius Rex all those years ago. You made easy work of him, as I recall. Holy shit! You really fought a dinosaur? Indeed I have. Haven't you? Yeah, Rex wasn't too happy about that. At least I imagine he wasn't being that you killed him. He certainly didn't lack for power, but he had such... Tiny arms. Not anymore. The entire Rex clan is outfitted with bionic arm adapters. They'd surely give you a run for your money now. Ah, uh, two questions. How does one battle these beasts? And if I defeat it, <laughs> if, when, <laughs> is it then bound to me to serve as a noble steed henceforth? Uh, what? I want to ride a dinosaur. Enough! We're not here to do battle, Eugene. What does that even mean? Zula's right. We're here for John. Hopefully the Velociraptors are willing to part with him without too much fuss. Stag the Steg? How is that even her name? Leads the party through the jungle to another clearing. Oh, neat! It looks like a little farmer's market. Here, a veritable cornucopia of dinosaurs sell organic, gluten-free kumquats and other stupid things. Keeping a watchful eye on the far side of the clearing is a group of important-looking velociraptors in robes. Because that's obviously how velociraptors dress. Just... just go with it. I'm sorry, but that's simply out of the question. What? Why? He's no longer with us. What? He was sold a mere two days ago. But that guy is the worst slave. Who did you sell him to? I'm afraid I can't say. Can't or won't? Either. Both. Think about it. Oh. Like Schrodinger's pussy. Schrodinger's cat? That's what I said. Can we offer anything in exchange for information regarding his buyer? Something violent, perhaps? Please? Yes, actually. There is one possibility. 
We must make a sacrifice to the spitting mountain tonight. Nope. Yeah, that guy is so not worth it. The sacrifice is a battle sacrifice. Two warriors are chosen, with the loser being sacrificed to satisfy the spitting mountain. Ah, excellent. If one of you proves your worth in battle, I will honor your request for information. Well, see, I'm going to go ahead and call not it for that. Yeah, not it. I will battle your warrior. Eugene, remember the last time you fought something? No, and therein lies the problem. Eugene, Zula has battled dinosaurs before. I trust her. You're not my mom. Well, I guess I won't get to ride a dinosaur then. <laughs> Aw, sad buddy. Next time. Promise. No, yeah, totally. Very well then. The battle begins at nightfall. You have until then to prepare yourself, princess. Jesus, Zula. Are you sure about this? I mean, the Rexes have actual arms now. I'm sure. You're such a badass, Zula. Like a motherly Lucy Lawless. I literally have no idea what to say to that. <laughs> Okay, just go with it. At least coming from him, you know it's not something weirdly sexual. Wait, so are we just going to hope that Zula defeats this dinosaur by herself? What if she doesn't? We need another way to find out who bought John. Don't worry. Don't worry? No offense, but the odds of you defeating this Technosaurus Rex aren't exactly the greatest. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> I got that reference. I must prepare for battle. I will see you in a few hours. While Zula heads off to get her warrior princess battle training montage on, the rest of the group is left to devise a scheme to get information from the Velociraptors about John's whereabouts should Zula fall in battle. But for real, contingency plan ideas? If only the Baron wasn't working on some wacky Doc Brown-esque invention, he might actually be able to help. He's at least dealt with these lizard dicks before. Hey, come on, buddy. Isn't that a little racist? Oh, who even knows anymore? I would hate to disrupt the battle sacrifice. It seems like such an important custom. What about their records? That stag the stag lady, and by the way, that cannot be her real name, was holding a clipboard. I bet they at least keep travel and cargo logs. I bet you're right. So all we'd need to do is sneak back to the landing bay and check the logs. We know he was sold two days ago, according to the Velociraptor. That should narrow it down at least. Okay then. Will, Joan, and Eugene will watch Zula battle while Dylan and I sneak back to the landing bay. We'll meet you at the battlegrounds. If anything goes wrong, head back to the Menagerie Trois. Go team! And so they split up with Will, Joan, and Eugene calmly making their way to the battlegrounds to tell Zula about the new plan. They arrive and find an arena at the base of a massive volcano. It looks to be about the size of a football field with torches lit all along the walls and a massive bonfire in the center. On one end stands a Tyrannosaurus Rex with bionic arm adapters elongating its arms to a more size appropriate length. On the other side stands Zula, weapon in hand with Will, Joan and Eugene in the entrance tunnel behind her. I have to say, I'm slightly offended you feel the need for a contingency plan. My fighting prowess is nearly unmatched. We don't mean to insult you, Zula, only to make sure we have another option. Yeah, Mom. We don't want to put all of our eggs in your uterus. What? Uh, that's not how that saying goes, Will. I'm pretty sure that's how that saying goes. If you want to switch out, Zula, and let me battle, that could be an option. Of course not. I'm more than capable of dispatching this foe. Uh, I'm more than capable of dispatching this foe. What was that? Nothing.
Welcome, one and all, grown and hatchling, to this battle sacrifice. We have come together to pay tribute to the fitting mountain, that it may remain parched and that we may live. Tonight's warriors are Tech McRex Esquire. And the warrior princess, Zula. Boo, totally boo. Good luck. Go, 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 go fight, Lin! I call coach. Somebody get me a clipboard and a whistle. Meanwhile, back at the landing bay, Melissa and Dylan have managed to sneak into one of the control rooms and are rooting around for information about John's whereabouts. Man, those bionic arm adapters are the best thing to happen to these dino dicks. There's no way they could hold a pencil in those claws otherwise. No kidding. I wonder where they got them in the first place. Here, look at this. It's a transaction report. Human laborer sold to... shit. There's no info on the buyer. But here, purpose of purchase goods. Steward. And here are the coordinates. Write those down. We've got a lead. Great and good. Let's get back to the Baron, pick up the others, and get the fuck off Jurassic Planet. Back at the arena, the Harbingers unhelpfully coach from the sidelines. Zula has her hands full with Tex Mech Rex. It seems the bionic arm adapters have leveled the playing field. They sprint back through the Dinopolis jungle to the landing bay, only to be headed off by the lumbering Menagerie à Trois, like some kind of 1973 space Buickless Saber. Hurry up! We can't wait much longer! This thing's gonna blow! I get it! But the battle sacrifice! Without it, we don't- Don't worry about it. We got you covered. Baron, get us the hell out of here! Da, da! Hold on to butts! Here we going! What is happening? So... Remember how the BV dubs made a shrink ray for the dino dudes when they actually wanted the opposite? No! I attach a biggin device to Volcano, but I forgot off switch. Typical me, always forgetting something. <laughs> Why? To make a point to dino guys, is principle of matter. It's not I can't make a biggin device, I just made a shrink ray instead. We could've died, Baron. Duh, forgot that part too. But it's all good. Everyone's alive. See? Look at yourselves. Everyone is here. Yay! But what about John? How are we going to find him without winning the battle sacrifice? Melissa and I found a transaction report with some coordinates on it. I know it's not much to go on, but it's better than nothing. Apparently he was sold to be the steward somewhere. I don't even know what that means. I wonder if he gets fancy steward clothes. Oh, or a neat hat. Do you guys think I could pull off a cool hat? I am grumpy because I didn't get to fight anything to the death or ride a dinosaur. So where do the coordinates point to? Yeah, that's not exactly the good news. Edge of Black Hole! 
Great location for testing things. I have many ideas, like making Black Hole Slinky and Yo-Yo Set for kids. Idiot. Baron, as a self-employed entrepreneur and successful businesswoman. Ugh, not you too. Business different in space. Kids love Black Holes. Shut up. And don't worry yourself, giant lady warrior Zula. I parked far enough away. Everything will be fine. Who would be daft enough to think it's a good idea to have a ship on the edge of a black hole? Well... Besides you. Who cares? Let's rescue our mad damsel in distress and move on to other heroics. <laughs> Give me that. Wow, that was certainly... something. Can you believe Melissa hasn't seen Jurassic Park? Ever? How about that battle sacrifice? Why would anyone want John as a steward? I guess you'll have to tune in next time to... A Beginner's, a beginner's Guide, guide to, interplanetary to Interplanetary Destruction! destruction.